It's time for Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionist Darlene Kavist. Each week, Darlene explains the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned to hear practical, real-life <laughs> solutions for healthier living through good nutrition. Dishing Up Nutrition is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last. Just well, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Darlene Kavist, licensed nutritionist, certified nutrition specialist, Today's show is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness, a company providing life-changing nutrition education and therapeutic nutrition counseling. And I'm proud to say during the last 10 years, think of that, 10 years, the number of our listeners to our show has grown and grown and grown. In fact, each month each month now, we have 240,000 downloads of Dishing Up Nutrition podcast. Plus, you know, we've got a lot of online listeners online, and of course, we've got our local listeners, and we thank mm-hmm. everyone for tuning in and allowing me to share my passion. Weekly, I get emails and calls from people all over the world saying, thank you for providing nutrition information that has helped me make changes in my health, and that's too, truly my goal. It, it's wonderful. I even get clients who... Say they take notes on our shows. Of course. Yes. (laughs) So I encourage you to tell your friends and family members because, as you know, obesity, diabetes, heart disease, and cancer numbers, they just keep getting worse. People everywhere need this simple but powerful information. You know, it isn't a fad. It is just real food. Simple, simple. You know, again, it is my passion to help educate each and every person so that they can actually feel better, you know, have less cravings, more energy, and less aches and pains. And that voice you heard was of Kate Crosby. She's our co-host. She is a nutrition educator and a counselor, and she sees people, you know, in our Lakeville location in North Oaks, and she has lots of people uh, by phone, Mm -hmm. by Skype, long distance. Mm -hmm. So, Kate, Welcome this morning. We've got a really important topic, don't we? We certainly do. It's a great topic. We're going to be talking about relapse prevention, not only for addiction, but also for any other chronic health problem. So, Dar, tell the story. How'd you come to this topic? Well, you know, last February 12th, William Moyers from the Hazleton Betty Ford Foundation wrote an amazing article called Treat Addiction as the Illness It Is not as a lack of character, as a result of poor upbringing. I thought that was kind of interesting what he used. Say that again. It's, um, and treat addiction as the illness it is, not as a lack of character, which I think is what a lot of people People assume, or as a result of poor upbringing. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think a lot of parents blame themselves. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, I was so taken by his article that I said, Let's invite William Moyers to join us on Dishing Up Nutrition. So you did. Mm-hmm. And he said yes. But we're really sad to say other commitments popped up in his life. So he's not able to be on the show today. You know, I know uh, having William Moyers unavailable today is a disappointment to many of our listeners. And it's a disappointment to us. But we wanted to share his thoughts because he wasn't just talking about relapse with addiction, but he was also what happens when people with any kind of chronic illness relapses from their recovery plan? That's kind of a new thought as it's you think It's a really about. new thought. 
So what if you have heart disease and you relapse? Hmm. Or what if you have obesity and you relapse? Why does relapse occur? Is it a lack of support? Too many cravings? A plan that just doesn't work? Mm-hmm. So let's explore more on this topic of relapse. You know, I want to read a little bit of the first couple of paragraphs from William's article. They're really just plain brilliant. So William writes, My father and I relapsed from our chronic illnesses at, a mo- at almost the same moment in 1994. With his heart disease, he failed to follow his four-step regime to recover. With my addiction, I stopped working a health and wellness program that included four steps and eight more to help free me from alcohol and drugs. So William went on to say, no doctor, family member, colleague, or insurance company judged my father. Mm-hmm. You know, when he was rushed to the hospital for open heart surgery. Nobody questioned his previous treatment, his failure to co- overcome his illness, or his commitment to recovery. Get well is all that everyone wished him. Mm-hmm. William Moyers went on to say, Everybody questioned my relapse. After three years of sobriety, I'd fallen off the wagon. Everyone was hurt, scared, frustrated to the point of being downright angry. My insurance declined to cover all of my treatment, and no one, no one sent me a get well card. That's really interesting, isn't it? Yes. That's the difference. Yes. You know, I find that other chronic illness that is met with frustration finger-pointing, and rude remarks is the chronic illness of obesity. Just, it's really Mm -hmm. interesting, isn't it? People feel ashamed and guilty for even eating sometimes. Yep. They're accused of being weak-willed. You may be asking, what does nutrition have to do with addiction? You may be thinking recovery from a drug or alcohol addiction is just about going to AA. Mm -hmm. Sadly, AA is not enough for most. Mm -hmm. You might even be thinking, what does nutrition have to do with recovering from my chronic illness? You may think, if I've got asthma, a chronic disease, all I need is an inhaler. Mm -hmm. Or maybe you're thinking, I've got arthritis. I just need to take more Advil. Oh, I think that's how a lot of people think, don't you? Yeah. Oh, uh, there's no connection between what they eat and how they're chronic illness might be yes. faring. I mean, it's shocking when they discover that. Mm-hmm. Actually, nutrition has everything to do with relapse prevention, whether it is from an addiction or from any chronic illness, especially obesity. Mm-hmm. Nutrition affects every cell in your body and your brain. Think about that. Every cell in, in your body and your brain, it's really just a simple biochemical fact. There is always a nutrition connection to every chronic health condition. So we were going to bring it down to really a simple nutrition fact. If you or your child has asthma and you or your child drink soda or eat bread or eat pasta or other processed carbs like cereal, your lungs will become more inflamed and you'll need an inhaler to reduce the inflammation in order to breathe again. That's a simple nutrition fact. Absolutely. However, if you eat meat or vegetables and a good fat, your lungs will will be less inflamed and you won't need that inhaler. Leah 
Leah Wetzel, one of our staff nutritionists, no longer has asthma occurrences since she stopped drinking juice and eating chips and other processed foods. I mean, she has a great story. She has a very, very powerful story about how food changed her life. Yes. Her asthma is gone. Now, we know that juice and chips are high in carbs and high in sugar. Check that label on the juice bottle. A glass of juice has about the same amount of sugar as a Coke. I, and that's also shocking to a lot of people. Especially mothers of young children. Yes. So if you believe, like, like I do, and research has shown us that addiction and depression are brain problems or brain imbalances, it is important to change your brain biochemistry to change your life. Easy to say, mm-hmm. a little more hard to do. Mm-hmm. You know, nutrition can actually change your brain chemistry. You know, a simple thought. We like simple things. Good food equals good brain chemistry. Good food equals good brain chemistry. I like that one. Well, we all know that sugar and carbs create inflammation in your lungs, in your joints, and in your blood vessels, but also in your brain. Food, nutrition, it affects your brain chemistry. Whether it affects your brain chemistry in a positive way or in a negative way, it really all depends on what it is you're eating. So I'm not sure how many treatment centers today are now teaching people how to eat to support their brain chemistry. You know, I have heard these stories. There's plates of cookies that you often see at AA meetings, Mm -hmm. coffee and cookies. Or, I mean, I know this one happens all the time, artificial coffee creamers full Mm -hmm. of trans fats and high fructose corn syrup. And what do they do? They damage cell receptors And mess with our brain chemistry. Mm -hmm. So the cookies and the bad fats that are in the coffee creamers, not good for your brain chemistry. You know, we have a wonderful class called Nutrition for Sobriety that we have taught at many treatment centers. And it has some eye-opening nutrition information that really helps people in recovery. Mm -hmm. It's a great class. Yes, it is. You Mm -hmm. and I, I remember you and I taught it the Mm -hmm. last time. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we want to share some basic nutrition habits that anyone in recovery from a chronic illness should follow. So first step, number one, when you have low blood sugar, you have less blood flow to the brain and you make poor decisions. So if you're in recovery, have you been taught eat every three hours to support your brain? It's really, really important to maintain a stable blood sugar to reduce your risk of relapse. Now that whole concept, that number one, It takes a long time for people to truly understand that simple concept and to practice it. To practice it. Practice it and practice it. Here's the number two. Your brain is 60 to 70% fat. So everyone needs to eat one tablespoon of good fat at every meal and snack. Okay. No more fat-free. Chips and French fries, they don't count. No. Because they contain trans fats and refined oils. So we recommend only eating good fats. You know, avocados, nuts, olive oil, butter, Mm -hmm. and olives. These are all good fats that support not only your brain, but it supports your lungs, your blood vessels, your blood sugar, your eyes even, Mm -hmm. and your metabolism. I think we better. uh Couldn't be better. Okay, so balance the blood sugar, eat every three hours, eat some healthy fats. And number three, sugar and processed carbs create cravings and inflammation, inflammation, 
And this inflammation can be in your heart, in your brain, in your lungs, your joints, your skin. If you're always fighting cravings, your risk of relapse goes up. So stop the sugar and processed carbs. So I think probably, Kate, it is now that time again. I think so, too. It's time for a break. You're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, in the second half of the show today, we have a special guest, Nancy Lindgren, who has celebrated 33 years of continued sobriety. 33 years of continued sobriety. That's awesome. Yes. Nancy's a special friend, a minister, and an energy healer who has great wisdom about maintaining sobriety. We ask that you hold your calls until the second half of the hour for Nancy. And we'll see you when we come back. Want to bring the great information you hear each week on Dishing Up Nutrition to your workplace? Well, you can. Nutritional Weight and Wellness teaches classes at companies all over the Twin Cities. Whether your office is large or small, they have a class that's right for you. Choose a popular lunch and learn class, such as Foods for Great Energy, Stress-Busting Foods, or the Food Mood Connection. Longer classes like Nutrition for Memory and Focus are perfect for wellness days. These fun and formative classes help you make good nutrition choices at work and at home. What happens? when you and your co-workers eat healthier foods. Employees notice increased energy, focus, and stable moods. Employers notice less absenteeism, higher productivity, and improved management of chronic conditions. A healthy workplace leads to healthier, happier employees. Plus, it's easier to make good choices or lose weight with the support of co-workers. To bring nutrition classes to your office, call Nutritional Weight and Wellness at 651-699-3438 or go to weightandwellness.com. Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, I am pleased to announce that because of our recent client interest, we are currently looking to hire two additional nutritionists or dietitians. You know, we're looking for nutritionists or dietitians with an interest and a belief in teaching and counseling clients to choose real food for healing. None of the low-fat stuff. No. <laughs> we're also looking to hire two additional front desk, staff, desk support staff. So if you're interested, interested, you could check out our website at weightandwellness.com or call 651-699-3438 and uh, send us a resume. Mm-hmm. You know, that would be a good thing to do. Um, you know, we were talking about you know, some steps to take before we went on break about mm-hmm. how to kind of balance out our systems. Prevent and, that relapse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And as nutritionists, we can explain the biochemistry. Mm-hmm. You know, we can do that hour after hour after <laughs> hour. And we can tell you what foods support your biochemistry and what foods really stress your body and brain. But I thought it would be best to hear how eating real food has helped my long-term we just figured this out 20 years, isn't mm-hmm. it? Yes, it Our is. Our friend Nancy Lindgren and she has maintained her sobriety for the past 33 years. You know, Nancy and her husband both have over 30 years of recovery from alcohol addiction. So, Nancy, 33 years, that's a long time. 33 years ago, did you ever realize the connection to alcohol cravings and sugar cravings? Absolutely not. (laughs) Um, um, You know, I just didn't have a clue. I thought that as long as I was not drinking or using drugs, I could eat anything I wanted. And I did. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, yeah. You know, we found when clients who are in recovery from alcohol or drugs give up eating gluten grains, they have fewer cravings, both for sugar and alcohol. So does DAR have you eating a gluten-free diet? Absolutely. Um, you know, when I was first getting sober mm-hmm. and prior to that, um, I was eating bagels and coffee and cereal and things like that for breakfast. Mm-hmm. Um, so what would you, after you stop drinking then? What would be a typical, uh, what would you eat for breakfast and what would you eat for, you know, snacks during the day? What were you eating, really? Well, a piece of toast, uh, coffee for for breakfast, maybe, Mm -hmm. a bagel, um, cereal, um, stop at a gas station, get a donut. Um, This first year of sobriety, I switched from drinking to eating sugar and I gained 30 pounds my first year of sobriety. Okay. Um, so you didn't care if it had gluten in it? Or, I, I didn't you, I didn't even know what gluten was. <laughs> <laughs> I just gluten? knew that I was really attracted to foods that had that in it. And you were really attracted to foods that had sugar in it? Oh, absolutely. Candy bars, donuts, fried chicken, fast food things, pop chips, ice cream, ice cream, ice cream. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, I gained those 30 pounds, but I didn't drink. <laughs> <laughs> Probably didn't really need to. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was feeling. So then, you know, so you you went along and kind of, I mean, 33 years ago, that's a long time. And so we've known each other for about 20 years. So you probably kind of ate that way all the time up until? That first 10, 12 years. Mm-hmm. You know, it was back in the low-fat days where we, mm-hmm. that's what we were supposed to do is eat a bagel and a little low-fat cream cheese or something on it. I don't know. Um, jelly. Jelly. <laughs> yeah. And that was supposed to be how we started our day. And, right. And um, it wasn't until I met you that I found the importance of protein. And mm. once I found that, I kind of became the protein queen. <laughs> <laughs> My kids, <laughs> you know, I really sure. found out about that. <laughs> so, And I really found out how much better I feel when uh-huh. I have that in the morning. I have to have some... Within the first half hour, mm-hmm. this first hour of being up. Mm-hmm. So you typically eat what for protein then? For the first, you know, for breakfast. I will either have a couple of eggs mm-hmm. and um, some sautéed vegetables. Okay. Um, You've listened well. I have. <laughs> and Or I will have a protein shake with mm-hmm. um, fresh fruit in it and... You know, whey protein powder, whey protein powder mm-hmm. with fresh fruit. Um, I haven't gotten into the greens part of it yet, but I will someday. Mm-hmm. You'll um, start putting that kale in those or the spinach in your blender. Yeah, and... I, I think I'd like that. Yeah, it probably wouldn't be too bad. And then the dynamic greens. Yes. And, um, gives me a really good feeling in the morning. I feel mm. good and energized from that. OK. Mm-hmm. So then. You kind of, you added the protein in and you were feeling better, mm-hmm. but then we kind of went to the next step, didn't you? I did. Yeah. So you called what? me up one day. I called Dar about a year and a half ago and I said, I'm run down. I'm tired. My stomach hurts. I'm bloated. I don't, I don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. I yeah. need some help and I, I need you to help me figure this out. And I said, I think you probably have to give up gluten. And I buried my head in my hands. And I said, no. <laughs> but I did it. I was willing to go to any length, just like yeah. I was for my sobriety. Um, 
And I gave up gluten for a three, four weeks, and then I ate some. And I really felt the difference. Mm-hmm. Immediately felt the difference. What uh, happened to you when you ate the gluten? Um, well, immediately I start to yawn. Oh, and I, I want to, if I have to continue on my day, I got to grab a cup of coffee because I can't stay awake. Yep. Um, and then my stomach starts to get very uncomfortable and it gets very bloated mm-hmm. and, um, I just feel run, I just run feel down. Like, again. Oh, I got to take a nap right now. Yeah. So tired, <clears throat> really tired, exhausted. Gluten and made unmarted. you tired mm-hmm. immediately. Mm-hmm. Like within two minutes of eating it, I start yep. yawning. So it is kind of interesting, Kate, isn't it, that when people give up, you know, alcohol and drugs and they're, they feel better. And I think a lot of people, it's just not people that have addiction issues. It's people that have chronic illnesses that once they give up gluten, they start feeling better. Better and better and better. It's hard to make a lot of the connections between all the symptoms and gluten because they're, you know, most people think it's just a stomach issue. Mm -hmm. But clearly your example is a wonderful one, Nancy, where you got so tired immediately. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So let's just talk about, let's just tell people again, what... Oh, gluten. Yeah. What is it? It's a protein and it's found in wheat and barley. So for a lot of people, that's beer or maybe barley soup. It's found in rye and gluten is found in oats. So Mm -hmm. avoiding all of those, you will avoid So then I think in terms of, okay, then I can't eat bagels and I can't eat bread and I have cereal is probably not a good idea. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, uh, so, and of course beer, no, can't do that. So you get rid of all those things, but there's still a lot of food to eat. Well, yeah, you've got tons of meat and vegetables, healthy fats. And once you start learning how to mix those three ingredients together you're going to feel much more balanced, kind of like you experienced, Nancy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, all yeah. of a sudden, you felt differently. Mm-hmm. And again, it comes back to eating real food and what you put in your mouth. It can actually affect how you feel. You know, really, many nutrition experts have found that a gluten sensitivity often sets a person up for an autoimmune disease. Mm. You know, and we think of things like lupus and MS and rheumatoid arthritis. And for ongoing inflammation, maybe they don't have an autoimmune disease, but they have ongoing inflammation, you know, and maybe it is one of the genetic connections to addiction. Mm -hmm. You know, Nancy, is there a little history of addiction in your family? And (laughs) absolutely. (laughs) Um, Yes. um, Mainly on my mom's side, um, she struggled with alcoholism um, and uh, her father, she said, because I said, are there any other alcoholics in your family, you know, to her one day? And she goes, well, uh, my father wasn't an alcoholic, but he was a steady drinker. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, how's that denial working for you, Mom? Um, um, and I come from a family of six, you know, I have uh, five other siblings, and three mm. of us are in recovery. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. So then the next question to you is... Do you see that there might be a possibility that there's a gluten connection to addiction? Because we see it in our offices all the time. Mm -hmm. So now kind of, you know, you, there's a connection, obviously. 
you know, mm-hmm. because you feel so much better without gluten. Mm-hmm. How about your mom? Did she have any of the symptoms of having, you know, a gluten sensitivity? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, she was she had big cravings for sugar and especially bread. Uh-huh. Um, she drank a lot of beer. And then when she wasn't drinking, there were periods of time when she wouldn't drink. Um, then the cravings will go way up for sugars and breads, you know, uh-huh. in our home. And then she'd be drinking again. So then she'd have the alcohol sugars processing in her body. And then she'd quit drinking again. And boom, up the sugars would come again. So the so bread, d- the cookies. Bread, mm-hmm. cookies, all mm-hmm. of that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So did she have any other gluten sensitive or symptoms of gluten sensitivities like intestinal issues or any yeah. of that? Oh, yeah. She had had colon surgery. She had mm. diverticulitis. Okay. Um, she had terrible uh, scarring from colon issues um and very bloated and i would notice she'd sneeze a lot you know oh. after eating uh-huh okay the, like the breads and stuff she'd sneeze allergy. and sneeze yeah. i'm like wow you know yes. looking back on all of that i remember that yes well it's just a it's one of those things that we have really noticed working with people we know that it seems as though they have less anxiety less depression less cravings when they do give up gluten and it isn't as hard, is it? No. And That's the payoff is just amazing. I can sit here and look at one of the world's best brownies, and it's like, not for me. I mean, <laughs> I will not eat that because I know how I'm going to feel. Okay. <laughs> so I suppose we need to take a break. Another break here. You're listening mm-hmm. to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you have osteopenia or osteoporosis, I encourage you to sign up for the Nutritional Solutions for Osteoporosis class. It's being offered today at 10 o'clock at our North Oaks office. And, you know, it's raining today. You might as well just go. You'll learn a ton. And <laughs> Anna is going to be your teacher, and you're going to have a ton of fun. You can just call 651-699-3438 to sign up. Welcome back to Pushing Up Nutrition. You know, I was talking about a few uh, a class that was being offered today, solutions for nutritional solutions for osteoporosis. That's being offered in North Oaks. You can still sign up, calling 651-699-3438. Mary's also going to teach that class Thursday night in Eden Prairie. She's another fantastic teacher, great information. And then there's another class I want to tell you about, a really fun class. Brenna's going to teach uh, a weight and wellness cooking class at the Buffalo Middle School. That will be held Monday night, April 14th. You're going to learn how to make a gluten-free pizza that your whole family will enjoy. If you want to sign up for that, again, the number, 651-699-3438 to sign up. And, but, I, and Kate, I have a few classes I want to talk about. Go. You know, I think we finally made it through the winter, and now it's time to pull out the spring clothes. And if your clothes are fitting a little too tight, rather than buying a bigger size, I recommend signing up for Nutrition for Weight Loss program. You know, we have nine, cla- nine we have classes in nine different locations. We have a couple of new locations this coming series. We have one at Edina at the Southview Middle School, and we also have a series starting in Chanhassen at the Rec Center. You know, weight issues and obesity are chronic illnesses, and the Nutrition for Weight Loss program can be part of your recovery plan. You know, isn't it time to get balanced biochemically so you can feel better about yourself. 
And again, you can go online and sign up at mm-hmm. weightandwellness.com and check us out. Mm-hmm. So we, we should maybe take a caller. We've got a caller. Before I take uh, Nan, uh, Lynn, I'd like people to remember that the number here is 651-641-1071 if you've got questions for us or Nancy about relapse. Yes, I think a lot of people are going to have questions for Nancy this morning. So, so feel free to we're open up in the li- opening the lines up so you can give us a call. Lynn, you've got a question for us. Excuse me. Yes, yes, I do. Thank you for taking my call. Recently, we've been, well, my husband started like an elimination diet. And so we were on this diet for a few weeks and we started, gluten was one of the things we were eliminating. And we found when we read the labels on everything gluten-free that there was, you know, a sugar content. And it seemed like sugar was like high up in the list when you list the ingredients. And so I'm wondering, how is it good to be gluten-free when, you know, you have that sugar issue that's also in there? What a great question. Yep. Well, you know, our our philosophy on that is... Um, you know, we don't believe in switching to these gluten-free products unless it's broccoli. You know, we should stop and think <laughs> about it. Broccoli, sweet potatoes, you know, Brussels sprouts, all those are gluten-free. And meat is gluten-free. And fat is gluten-free. So when you just eat meat and vegetables and good fat, you are gluten-free. And then you're not putting all that sugar in. You know, it's some of that is just... Man, food manufacturers wanting wanting to sell a product. Okay, does that help you, or do you still have questions? It sounds like there's another question here. Well, it seems like I mean, okay. So, what if you want to eat a hamburger and you you want to have some type of a bun with it, or have half a piece of toast with something, or you know, you can't even go to the gluten free because products because then you're putting sugar in. And, and that would be true even if you were eating gluten. There's yeah. a lot of sugar, and gluten will raise blood sugar very quickly. Well, so. you know, what we do is we, if you want to have a hamburger, we would do a burger, but we would put it on top of a salad. And it is actually great tasting that way, especially well, if you do it. we did the other day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, Maybe and have you, some sweet potato with it. And use some really good high fat, you know, good fat dressing, and it's fine. Yeah. I, it's yeah. just, it's a change of how, what you think and how you, mm-hmm. you know, what your taste buds are. And they eventually change so that you will prefer to eat your burger on top of a salad. Okay. Well, we were on the right track then because we think, sprinkled some lettuce, chopped lettuce and, and some mushrooms and some dressing. And Good. <laughs> exactly. Good. eat it that way. Yeah. <laughs> you got perfect. it. Think of maybe so. replacing your gluten with some vegetables. Yes. It's a very different thought, but it will, you know, keep that blood sugar stable as well. And we, okay. you know, we encourage you to re- replace it with more, we call them root vegetables, things mm-hmm. that are a little higher in carbohydrates, like sweet potatoes or carrots, parsnips, some of those, and they're more satisfying. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, Great thank question. you so much. Thank, thank you for calling for the this morning. You know, Dar, we were talking about that, <clears throat> excuse me, biological connection between gluten and addiction, mm-hmm. you know, I think some people might not realize that when you have a problem digesting gluten, then your intestinal tract is affected. 
it could be a surprise to listeners that we make many of our brain chemicals in our intestinal tract. I think that is surprising to most people. 90 to 95% of your serotonin made in that intestinal tract. So a gluten problem often results in lower levels of serotonin or dopamine, two really important brain chemicals. So we know a deficiency of serotonin kind of sets up more problems with depression and low levels of dopamine sets up the craving cycle. Mm -hmm. So two different brain chemicals. Serotonin kind of leads more into depression and dopamine cravings. cravings. You know, and we believe you can use nutrition to correct any deficiency. And I know, Nancy, we were talking in terms of eating more protein. So when you've changed your, you know, when you changed your diet and you cut out gluten, how you started to feel different. What oh. did you see as changes? Well, I just started to feel more, you know, more energy. And I, mm. you know... Um, I noticed the dark circles under my eyes were gone. My skin—they are, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my skin looks more clear. Yes, I had a beautiful. rash that was on my arms and my legs. That's disappeared. Oh, and that's I always kind of just thought that's how I was. I oh. had no idea that this might be coming from something inside me that was trying to get react from my body or get yeah. out of there. Um, well, like I said, I've lost 15 pounds and kept it off, especially around the middle, um, and I'm more motivated. I, I just feel better. So what happens when you do eat, fall off and maybe eat it a little gluten? Um, sometimes unbeknownst to me, I didn't realize it was so sneaky inside a lot of dressings and this mm. and that. So I'd have a salad bar, and then I'd put a dressing on, and then I'm like, all of a sudden I'm yawning, and I'm tired, and my stomach's bloated and later Mm. on my stomach hurts and like what's that from I just had a salad you Mm -hmm. know Mm -hmm. so it's you know kind of sneaky and it was really good to find out where it comes from or what what it's in because it's in a lot of stuff it is in a lot (laughs) of stuff so then you really get tired when you eat gluten oh really tired okay Mm -hmm. okay Mm -hmm. yeah you know you said when you first were in recovery you switched from alcohol to sugar Mm -hmm. that's not very uncommon So I think we should explore how sugar and alcohol work in the brain and why they are both so addictive. Well, it's interesting. Um, I saw a trailer for the movie Fed Up this week. Somebody posted on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And uh, it'll be airing in May, I think. And one of the facts in that was 600,000 food items in America, of those food items, 80% of them have added sugar. 600, Wait, how many? How many? 600,000. 600,000 food items. That you see in the stores and those brightly colored boxes and bags and all of those things that look so nice and healthy have added sugar. 80% of 80%. them. 80 is what they said. Okay. Thank goodness they don't add it to steak right. or eggs. <laughs> and the other thing that they showed that was extremely telling was that the brain scans showed, two brain scans that lit up in the same places one on sugar and one on cocaine. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so you, you're, when you're in this addictive cycle, you're looking for the blast, you know, like that, boom, I got to feel this way. Oh, and you get so it. used to it, you know, that you, and then the body's craving it. And it's not so much of, oh, I'm having bad willpower. Or I can't be strong enough. It's the biochemistry that's screaming for this is what I've noticed. 
It's just You're screaming for right. it, and, he, and it starts repeating in your mind what you want to eat. I gotta have some chips. I gotta have some popcorn. I've gotta have a candy bar. I've gotta have a donut. You know, I mean, it just starts mm-hmm. repeating. Mm-hmm. It's like finally you just go eat this thing. You know, mm-hmm. and so, um, you know, if I can just remember, which I have learned, to grab a good healthy snack, like mm-hmm. what? Um, I'll have a half apple and a piece of string cheese and some walnuts or mm-hmm. almonds. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, mm-hmm. something pretty simple. Yeah, mm-hmm. pretty simple and pretty easy to do and grab and. You know, I, as long as I prep my day with food, yep. I do really well. Exactly. Yeah. So, so should we take a, I think a we caller? Should, well, we've got a couple callers. We also look like we might need to take a break here. Okay. All right. I think we do. Let's do the take okay. a break and um, callers stay on the line. We'll we'll get to you when we come back. You're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. I want to talk to you about struggling with anxiety or depression. If you want a more peaceful recovery, we encourage you to make an appointment with a nutritionist at Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Your initial appointment will take about two hours, but you're going to leave with a food plan to address your anxiety or depression. And for many, a plan for some of these some key supplements. Now, many of you know L-glutamine is an amino acid and is currently being used in treatment centers to reduce cravings for alcohol. The food sources of glutamine are things like eggs and meat and fish. But L-glutamine also comes as a supplement, and we help people rebalance biochemically. So if you've got questions for us today or Nancy, call 651-641-1071, and we'll be right back. If you changed your nutrition, could it change your life? What if I told you that you could change your life just by learning the secrets of balanced eating? Nutritional Weight and Wellness can teach you how. They will do an individual consultation for you, your husband, or your children. They will create an eating plan that fits your lifestyle. Whether you're experiencing migraines or sleeplessness, depression, digestive problems, fatigue, anxiety, or need help with weight loss, nutrition can change all of that. More than 90% of all health conditions can be traced back to nutritional issues. Let Nutritional Weight and Wellness help you. Call 651-699-3438 or visit weightandwellness.com to schedule your individual consultation at an office near you. That's weightandwellness.com. Let Nutritional Weight and Wellness help you. 651-699-3438 or visit weightandwellness.com to schedule your individual consultation. That's weightandwellness.com. Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. I want to thank William Moyers for writing such an inspiring article and for all his work to have addiction to alcohol and drugs be considered a chronic illness. And I also want to thank Nancy Lindgren for sharing her success story, 33 years of continued sobriety. So if you want to get in touch with Nancy, uh, here's her phone number, 612 868-2160 or you've got a website I think don't you? Uh, or, NancyLindgren.com Okay mm-hmm. and you know I'm a regular on her treatment table and <laughs> I've so, been there too <laughs> and so if you're hearing if you're interested in hearing more about nutrition for sobriety you can give our call, office a call at 651-699-3438 and should we take Boy, we lost a caller here. Um, okay. We'll take one caller here. Okay. Tina, you've got a question? 
Morris, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. Yep, I've uh, met with dietitians because I've been struggling with my weight. And for the last year, my husband and I have tried to do organic and get rid of the processed stuff and, and go to the healthy fats like avocados and things like that. And I met with a dietitian, and she looked at me like I was crazy because I said I eat avocados. And she looked at me like, well, that's why you're fat. You need to go to margarine and eat things like you'll play sugar-free. And you said? I just looked at her. I couldn't even speak. I'm like, are you kidding me? And she said, no, you need sugar-free this, sugar-free that. If you want something sweet, you have a diet pop, don't have the whole pop. And I thought, this is a dietitian at a prominent weight loss clinic hospital yes telling me these things and i Uh. just i just felt so like floored well as you can tell that there's still a lot of misinformation out there and you are wise enough to know that it's the wrong information yeah so come on in and see us because (laughs) we're going to keep giving you the right information that's what i was wondering where do i find dietitians that actually know about oh we have dietitians on our staff you know, we have both nutritionists and dietitians. Okay. And so some come have come from the other side over. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there's a difference. I didn't know there was a difference. Yes. I mean, it's it's some of the people are still being schooled in that low okay. fat, and it's it's old, outdated information. Yeah, I, I just had my cholesterol checked, and I've actually raised my HDL, and I was so yes. proud. I was, like, dancing. Good. <laughs> So thanks for the call this morning. Appreciate it. Because you have to be careful who you see. That's for sure. Thanks for for the call today. So we, before we went on break and all that stuff, we Mm -hmm. were talking, and Nancy, you were actually talking how alcohol or sugar and cocaine light up the brain. And, you know, actually alcohol does the same thing. You know, it's a pretty simple biochemical connection because Alcohol kicks off the reward center in the brain, and that it kicks it off with the first drink or two. And, you know, people generally feel great, and they want to maintain that high, so they drink three drinks and four drinks and five drinks. And then some people, they just can't stop with one. Mm, that same reward center in the brain is kicked off with sugar. And for many people, one piece of candy leads to two pieces Ten pieces, yeah. and then the whole bag. Yes, but I have friends that you know that can only drink one drink. They'll sit mm-hmm. there and nurse a glass of wine for three hours. It mm-hmm. drives me crazy. <laughs> and um, and then maybe one piece of candy, and they're done. So, what's that about? Well, I kind of believe it all goes back to nutrition. If you grow up eating meat and vegetables and good fat, you're eating to make good brain chemicals. You have a high going all the time. You know, you're positive, you're focused, you're happy, and you're productive. You have good self-esteem, and you don't need alcohol or sugar to give you that artificial high. I believe we really need to start feeding our kids this way to reduce their risk of having a chronic illness or an addiction. So, Nancy, how are you when you were growing up, how were you eating? Do you remember? Well, there were, you know, there was that good old meat and potatoes kind of thing going on. My mom cooked for us uh, some pretty healthy dinners. and But there was an awful lot of sugar in our diet. Okay. An awful lot of sugar and, and, and carbohydrates in our diet. Just tons. 
Candies and cookies and cereal. Candy, cookies, cereal, uh, oatmeal for breakfast, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and she'd also make us eggs and bacon and do things like that, too. So we had a little bit of both. Both, yes. A lot of some. A lot of, but there was always lots of carbs and sugar in our home. Lots, okay. Lots, lots. And, you know, I think you said something kind of wisely before. And you said that we get into a pattern or we're wanting that feeling of high all the time. Right. How right. did you say that exactly? Um, well, um, it's kind of gateway foods. <laughs> yes. One, one triggers another and you just keep all of a sudden you're off to the races with uh, the, the cravings yeah. and all of that kind of thing. Right. You know, and I've just, uh, I've learned that I need to protect my sobriety um, with a fierceness. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the struggles with addiction is fraught with shame and judgment from ourselves and others. And um, I just love what Mil- William Moyers pointed out in his article. It's an illness, and it can be recovered from. And our recovery needs to be maintained on all levels, mm-hmm. physical, mental, spiritual, and emotional. And eating well has been key for me, absolutely key, to help me keep myself even throughout the day. Well, thank you, Nancy. Thanks for being here, Nancy. Yes. It's a great treat. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. The content and opinions expressed are those of the hosts or presenters. They are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Statements made with respect to products have not been evaluated by the FDA.